Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good being with you once again on the Holy Man Podcast. Uh, we find ourselves in episode 27, and uh, we're on this journey during this season of talking about our communication. And uh, I have another guest with me here today. I'm excited about uh, Randy Tate joining me. Randy, welcome to the Holy Man Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. Uh, Randy and I were just uh, in a life group just a little bit ago, one of our men's life groups. We were hanging out with some guys, and we were dealing with the uh, podcast from a few weeks ago of uh, manipulation and flattery. And uh, Randy, that was a <clears throat> challenging conversation, wasn't it? Absolutely. I think all of us men were uh, struggling with that one a little bit, of trying to understand how we might use flattery and manipulation in our lives. And and how to share truth and love, and uh, and I think we all agreed that uh, we're not all there yet, but uh, we're hoping that God can help us in our families and our workplaces to do that better. Randy, I'd love you uh, just to spend just a little bit of time, tell the guys a little bit about yourself, uh, about what your family dynamics are, uh, what your job is, uh, kind of work that you do, just so they can all uh, get understand who you are a little bit. You bet. So I am... Uh, married to my wife. Uh, we got married June 27th in 2009. Uh, we have two young children, um, eight and 11. So um, it's a busy time. Kids are in sports, uh, getting back into the swing of things for school. So just uh, right now taking a, a several moments to kind of get our uh, procedures back down of, you know, getting back into the swing of school and juggling sports and all that stuff too. It's funny, Randy, as soon as you start to figure that out, the season changes and then you're having to refigure that out again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Randy, you're dealing with a delicate situation this weekend. Uh, tell the guys what you're having to deal with, with what your daughter just had happen. Well, my daughter was gifted a guinea pig a little over a year ago, and unfortunately, Mr. Squeakers passed away this morning. So um, when I'm through with this, I go home and get to kind of help coach her through that and, you know, what God has, uh, what he's showing us in these times. Yeah, helping her to learn the the process of mourning a little bit. So uh, a big dad dealing with his little girl and helping her through that. Uh, so good for you. And, uh, and you and Gina have a great relationship. Uh, I know that I, I watch it here at church when you guys are at church. I see it also out in public different times when we're interacting in public with some things. And uh, I love watching you and Gina together. I know you're not perfect, Randy. No, not quite. Would Gina agree with that? Absolutely. <laughs> but she's not either. And that's a cool thing that I think we're all trying to realize. How does marriage play out and how we can just bring honor to God and love each other more? Well, what does your workplace look like, Randy? 
Um, so currently I work in the oil field. I've been doing in the same portion of the industry, the production side for 22 years now. And uh, specifically, I'm a sales manager, which I have uh, two people reporting to me. And I just manage day-to-day -day sales. And by that, I mean, you know, helping specifically my sales team out with any kind of questions they've got, any kind of hurdles that they need to overcome. Right. Okay. And Randy, we're talking about communication uh, during this season. And so uh, as you think through your life, your interactions with your family your and your workplace, is there any specific type of communication issues that you know you have, uh, you wish you could do better at? Anything that you struggle with at, in the area of communication? Uh, yeah, absolutely. For one is um, just being able to really help the recipient of my communication understand where it is that I'm coming from. So I guess you could say clarity could be one. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing. Okay. Was yeah. just, is just communicating clearly. And, um, for, for example, giving my intentions in a clear picture. Right. <clears throat> Sometimes with us men, we, we assume that they can read our minds or we assume that they understand it from our perspective not fully understanding the other person's perspective because uh, we all are raised differently. We have different mindsets of worldviews. And so yeah, sometimes that's hard getting that clarity through to them because you're not them and they're not you. And uh, we just see and hear things differently. Absolutely. I, I like to use the term paint done. So in other words, you... What does that mean? So the term paint done in my mind would be it's it's like your, the interpretation of a, of a portrait or a painting, right? is really paint done would be your understanding of the artist's intentions or what it is, what the message is that they're trying to send. So yeah. my, my goal would be to, especially when communicating with, uh, say, the folks that I work with, is really uh, paint done, really helping them understand what it is that I'm trying to say. It's so important. And, uh, you know, you think that plays out in your workplace as a salesman. I, I'm sure that plays out a lot with that. Uh, it plays out with our kids, trying to help our kids to learn because we've lived a little longer, we have a little bit different wisdom than what they do, and uh, so we can certainly share a different perspective. The question is, can they understand our perspective? That, right. That's, that's hard Right. sometimes. Sometimes we have to, as Jesus says in the one passage, you know, we have to think like a child to be able to share truth with them in a way that they will understand it. And then now, let's face it, Randy, sometimes getting our messages to our wives in a way that they're going to receive them. Uh, my wife is a woman, and she thinks differently than me, Randy. I don't know, does Gina think a little different than you sometimes? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so sometimes getting our messages across, it, it can be a challenging. So I hear that. You know, I love just sharing, uh, sometimes just starting us off with uh, some word from God to help us with our communication in general. I found this one in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It's a good one that says uh, Paul's talking to young Timothy and helping him to be a better pastor, better communicator of, of the gospel, and Paul says this to him. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps, and here's the goal in this. Paul has a goal behind us acting that way. He says, perhaps 
God will change those hearts, those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So, you know, Paul, Randy, as you hear that, what Paul always has a mission in mind. What's his mission? Um, getting people to Jesus? Well, absolutely. First and foremost, getting people to Jesus and doing it in, which we'll get to, but perhaps a tactful way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, and you think about, you know, if, if we're doing it with always being unkind, doing the opposite of what Paul says here, if we are unkind to people, if we are involving ourselves in quarrels regularly, if we are impatient with difficult people, how good will we be at sharing the gospel, sharing truth with them? And not we won't be effective at all. In fact, it'll do quite the opposite of just what we're the opposite. To do. Yeah. So Paul has this mission in mind of helping us as Christians to share truth, share love with others, and so he has practical ways that we can do that. And so that's what he's sharing with young Timothy, as a, Timothy was a young buck, a young pastor, trying to communicate the truth to others. Paul's saying, "This is how you got to do it if you want to carry out the mission." So important for us to learn these simple, practical truths. Well, today, Randy, uh, you just brought up one of the things that we're dealing with, and they all there's three, th- three of these communication snafus that we're going to talk about today, but they're all very connected. And you think about, you know, I hear about this with the uh, so many guys and that we struggle with this, whether we're in the oil field, whether we're in the coal mine, whether we're at the hospital, whether we're in the schools with all these teenagers and kids, we're talking about communication that is rude, that is tactless, that is harsh. Harsh communication, tactless, and rude. And, you know, as we think about that, Randy, let's just talk, what are some of those areas that we men encounter some of this kind of communication that is just rough? That's a great question. So, you know, there's a few ideas that come to my mind. For me specifically, um, I've been in the oil field for 22 years, and I've encountered all of these at work at one point or another. Um, You also encounter it just on day-to-day activities, right? I mean, the dynamics of people are different. There's some people that may be a little more brash than others. Absolutely. Um, and as much as I don't want to admit it, home, that's, yeah. that's another place that, that I've encountered it as well. And so we can have those moments, you know, whether it's our kids coming home, you know, sometimes when my kids come home from school or from an activity here at the church, wherever it might be, if they're tired from dealing with, you know, I have a couple introverts of, of children. And so when they're dealing with people, they come home and they're tired they're wiped from dealing with people. And so in those moments, if, if I say something to my kids, they can be a little rude. They can be a little harsh. And when they're that way, sometimes, Randy, how do I might respond? You might want to retaliate. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes it happens. Guilty as well. Yeah. Uh, so you think about those different words, rude is this idea of being discourteous or impolite, especially in a deliberate way, offensively impolite or ill-mannered. Tactless is just being not careful 
about saying or doing something that could upset someone, and being harsh is simply being unpleasantly rough or jarring to the senses. Uh, yeah. Think about some other places. Randy, you, you, uh, you've played sports a lot in your day, and now you're a dad that goes to a lot of sporting events. Do, do you ever see any of these uh, different ways of communicating on the uh, sporting field or uh, parents on the sidelines? Absolutely. I recently was uh, helping out my son's football team, uh, being a coach there. And I did experience uh, specifically rude uh, comments from, you know, parents and also tactless and rude comments from part of the coaching staff as well. Yeah. Have, have you ever been a, a referee or an umpire, Randy? No. I have. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> I know. And it was not until I actually was one that I started having more grace with them and wanting to affirm them in any way, because let's just face it, holy cow, uh, the the tactless, rude, harsh communication that they receive from fans, parents of young children, oh my word. Right. It, it can be pretty rough. Uh, you know, another place you think about, you know, driving, uh, with a little bit of road rage that's out there. Have you ever experienced or noticed some rough, rude, tactless conversation out on the highways? I have. I have, yes. And it's been, uh, it's, it just is those moments that just cause you to shake your head. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Randy, as we just talk about some of these places where we've experienced it, uh, when whether it's coming from our own mouths or whether it's directed at us, or whether we just see it happening in our proximity, what is some of the outcome of this kind of communication? What does this do to relationships, uh, no matter where those relationships are? Well, I mean, obviously, it's 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 negative, right? There's negative uh, outcomes to this. Nothing good ever comes out of, you know, choosing to communicate, and whether it's rude, tactless, or harsh. Yeah. Nothing good ever comes out of it, so... Yeah. There's no doubt that there's a time when, you know, if someone's being hurt, if someone's being, you know, there's a time that we have to be strong. And that's the thing. I I think we want to be careful here because there's a time for for us to stand up for for ourselves or for our family or for coworkers. There's a time to be tough. There's a tough time to be strong. And so I don't want us men out there to be thinking we can't be strong and tough. Uh, we see God being strong, very strong and tough all throughout Scripture. He's a mighty warrior, and we see that. Uh, we see Jesus uh, being strong in certain times and certain ways uh, in the Gospels. So this is not calling us to be not strong when it's necessary, but to be rude and tactless and harsh. I think that's a different dynamic. Yes. Um, I remember a time... This one moment when I blew it, uh, I was back when I was a youth worker, so I was a young 20-year-old, and I was at a youth event, and I was hanging out with them. We were playing volleyball together, and it started off playing, you know, having fun. We were having fun playing volleyball, but as we continued playing this game, uh, we started to do a little bit of trash talking. It was light. It was fun to begin with, Randy, but it as the game went on and we got a little bit more competitive, the trash talking started getting a little bit more intense. And I, and I remember, you know, the competitive nature in me got me to the point where one of the 
individuals on the other team made a bonehead play, and man, I was tactless. I was rude in my trash talking in that moment. Maybe harsh too? Was it the trifecta? Oh, I guarantee it was. I, I was just, I crossed that line. Uh, and that's the thing. It was fun to begin with. We were having fun. But I allowed myself to get that tension inside of me. Receiving some of the trash talk was coming to me. Instead of looking at it as fun and jovial, I let it get to me. And to the point where, man, I barked. And I said something, and it was one of those moments that I wish I could put my take my foot out of my mouth much quicker than I could. Because I saw the face of the individual that I said it to as, as he looked at me, and then I looked at the other people on the team, and it was just like, man, everything just stopped. Mm-hmm. And it took the fun atmosphere that we were playing in, and it just changed the dynamics in a heartbeat. And I, I just, I knew that the world was looking at me. I knew I was wrong. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong, but man, I knew I was had. And here I am, I was a youth pastor trying to show teenagers, this is how we live our lives as, for, you know, bringing honor and glory to Jesus. And I blew it. And uh, man, it, it's so, it's amazing how we can allow any situation to be transformed and changed in a moment because of us allowing this kind of communication come out of us. Right. And it can happen anywhere. It really can. And so to be on our guard. Randy, as we think about some of this, uh, you know, I want to share a little bit of a story (laughs) where we find this happening, this ugly communication style happening. And it's in a kind of a well-known passage of Scripture. It's back in Genesis chapter 16, so we find ourselves, you know, Abraham is, it's early in his journey. Uh, God has promised him that he's going to be the father of the Israelite community. I'm going to graze up a great nation through you. Abraham's still waiting. He hasn't had a baby yet. Isaac hasn't come along yet. And so Abraham, he's still waiting. He's longing. He knows he has this promise, and he's waiting. Well, Sarah, his wife, she's waiting too. They're getting older. They're, uh, Randy, they're much older than you and I, and they're still needing to have a baby. And so you can imagine the impatience that they're dealing with. And so all of a sudden, we find ourselves in chapter 16, and uh, this is, we, we're going to find some harsh, rude communication happening here, Randy. Let's see how it plays out. And, uh, and I want you to notice as I read this, what happens in the relationships, and what does this kind of communication do to relationships? It says, uh, now Sarah... Abraham's wife had not been able to bear children for him. Now, this this is going to get a little crazy here for us. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children, so go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. So, Randy, it just got a little awkward, didn't it? Yes, it did. So we already have the emotions. Uh, Can you ever imagine Gina telling you, Randy, I want us to have children, but I don't think I want to have any more, so go sleep with so-and-so over there so we can have another child. Can you imagine her saying that? Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> the Not emotion. One bit. So that's the thing. You can. Sarah is sharing her husband with another girl. She has a purpose involved with it. 
but is that going to change some of the emotions that she might be feeling? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we already have the awkwardness of the whole situation going on here. What? Let's continue. She's an Abraham, the dude. <laughs> he agreed with Sarah's proposal. All right, this is just way out of whack, guys. Don't be thinking that you should be trying this at home or anything like that. Let's just continue to see how the communication gets to here. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. So this is, again, after God had promised, 10 years after God had promised that they were going to have a baby. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. It's what she wanted, right? It is. (laughs) How do you think it's going to play out? Let's see. But when Hagar knew that she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Oh, boy. I had the baby. You don't have a baby. God must love me more. You can just imagine all the things going through her mind. So she's now being contemptuous to Sarah. Sarah is the actual first wife. So what does Sarah do? Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. (laughs) I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Nothing good ever comes out of those types of conversations. Yeah. She's just being harsh. She's being tough on her husband. All right. So how's Abraham respond? (laughs) Abraham replied, look, she's your servant. So you deal with her as you see fit. Randy, how do you think Sarah's going to deal with with, uh, her servant, Hagar? Most likely there will be some sort of a retaliation. Let's see here. It says, then Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that Hagar finally ran away. So contempt got thrown in here, the harshness, the rudeness, the tactless communication between them. How did it make these relationships play out? Well... It split them. It split the relationships apart, drove each other away. It really did. And eventually, you know, as you continue on in the story, I invite you, if you want to see, there's a lot of drama involved with the story, guys. Continue on in uh, chapter 16 of Genesis and see how God comes along to Hagar and loves on her and cares for her. Uh, But yet in this dynamic, all the emotions... And that's the thing. You look at the heart of all this, the emotions of this. Here's a husband and a wife. All of a sudden, instead of giving themselves to each other, instead of trusting in God's promise of what he's going to do through Abraham and Sarah, they take things into their own hands. They're impatient. And through all that impatience, the relationships break down and with harsh, rough communication. And I think one of the biggest keys there, Paul, was, I mean, you were talking about these conversations were being had out of emotion, right? There wasn't a lot of thought put into it, obviously. Perhaps there wasn't much prayer at all involved with it as well. Huh. And you think about, Randy, some of these areas of our lives where we see this kind of communication playing out uh, on the sidelines at sports games, in our workplaces when we're maybe under the stress of a hard job, a hard day, uh, trying to get our quotas, 
If you're in sales like you are, to try to make sure we get our quotas, we're under stress. We have all these types of emotions in our workplaces, out on the, on the highways. There's emotions out there of just trying to get to where we're going and people driving the way they drive. Think of all those places. And in our homes, again, like I said, when my kids come home from school and they're tired, they're exhausted, emotions can get played out. And in those dynamics, like you said, when you're not thinking and you're not praying about it, it's in those moments when that harsh, tactless, rude conversation can come out. Yes. And I am just as guilty as, as the next person with it. And, you know, one of the words that comes to my mind is, is grace, right? I mean, trying to understand, like, I, um, you know, the experience that I ha- have with my children, just trying to understand, you know, what's their day like? What have they um, gone through today? Like I'd mentioned, we're still trying to get into the routine of juggling sports, school, bedtimes, and everything that falls in between it. And so just trying to understand, you know, where my children are coming from, give them some grace. So, so what you're saying, Randy, is to learn their perspective, put yourself in their shoes so that you can communicate in a way that will bless them instead of hurt them. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Uh, and we don't often, I mean, that's the thing. I just talked about being a referee or an umpire. If the people on the sidelines could put themselves into the shoes of the umpire or the referee for just a moment. Like I said, it wasn't until I took that position for a while that I understood what those people are dealing with, trying to make the right calls. They all, they're trying to do that. They're doing the best they can from the perspective of what they can see. But how often do we lack that grace when we're dealing with them? Yeah. Because we might have seen the play from our perspective sitting on the sidelines, and it's a different perspective than where they were standing. Absolutely. But yet we expect them to make the call to benefit us? You know, sometimes from a referee's perspective, like you said, I mean, there's there's some things that, that they'll see on the field, and maybe uh, just due to their perspective or physically where they're standing, they may miss a call. They're volunteers. Yeah. They're, they're just out there, volunteer their time, like you say, trying to do the best they can. Yeah. And everybody at the workplace, they're trying to do their job for their own sake. You know, that's this is where our selfishness can come play into it. It's not just the emotions. It's our own pride. It's our own selfishness of wanting to do what's best for us. That's our selfish nature that we have a sinful nature. So if we lead with prayer or if we seek to do what God calls us to do in all of those situations that we've talked through, how might it change that dynamic? Randy, do you have anything from God's Word? I know that you were pondering this a little bit this week. Do you have something that uh, maybe we can share with the guys to uh, help them to learn God's perspective and how we can bring God's perspective into these moments where we might struggle with this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've I've come across a a couple uh, pieces of Scripture that and I'd like to just read those real quick and then kind of give you my interpretation of it, right? Okay. So the first one that I came across was Proverbs 15.1. It says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So in my mind, Paul, especially after you know talking through this and um, you know just becoming more familiar with maybe the definitions of rude, tactless, harsh... Um, in, in my mind, what Proverbs 1 is saying is tactful and respectful answers to questions can deflect anger. And so it can, it can actually be beneficial in the long run. So, you know, that, from my perspective, you know, really 
just trying to think about what it is that uh, your plan to respond. Right. So again, a gentle answer turns away anger. Anger. So it builds up relationships. Now, again, Randy, there's a lot of us men out here that want to be tough. We don't want to be gentle. How can we be tough and gentle at the same time? Well, I mean, the Bible is a great reference for that. I mean, it shows it shows some examples there. But I really feel like to be tough and gentle at the same time requires thought. It requires a moment to step away from the emotions that maybe you're feeling at the time and really think about your response. Well, let me ask you this, Randy. Uh, you know, can you be tough and gentle at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and truthfully... I think to be gentle sometimes is tougher than being harsh yes. or rude. Yes. You know, to hold back, to refrain, you know, that takes a lot of strength, a lot of inner strength from, and, and again, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. We find that in Galatians chapter 5, where, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness... Kindness and gentleness are both fruits of the Spirit. That's anti-rude, harsh, tactless. So if we are allowing God's Spirit to lead us, does that help us to be more gentle? Absolutely. Is God tough, Randy? Yes, He can be, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. For us to think, for us to be gentle is not tough, well, then they don't know God. Because God is mighty, powerful, strong, you know, all those words. So that's a great passage, Randy. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away harshness, anger, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Yes. Wow. Okay. Do you have another good one? I do. Um, The other one is Proverbs 18.13, and that says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So here, I can think of, you know, a lot of times when we see this in just day-to-day activities or day-to-day life, right? Anybody that has social media can witness this, right? So in my mind, you know, what this is telling me is not knowing all the facts is shameful and foolish. I might add, it's also a major issue that we face today for the reasons that I just explained, right? We see it so often with social media. It's, I mean, it's always beneficial to you and maybe the recipient of your, your words to really understand the both sides of the story, right? Because there's always two sides to the story. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Randy. <clears throat> Is it always beneficial to you? If you have a goal in life to build good relationships, to have good relationships, to have people looking at you in a good way... Some of the stuff that people post out there that are tactless, rude, and harsh, is that ultimately beneficial to them if now people are looking at them from a maybe not-so-good perspective? Well, I feel like it could be an opportunity to have a conversation. It can be. Absolutely. So if, you know, when you come across those issues where the facts aren't always straight— Right. I mean, again, it's an it's an opportunity to have a conversation with them, and that's the key. There is a thoughtful conversation, not one that just comes out of the emotions of 
the post or, you know, yeah, responding to that in a way that is not harsh, but instead well thought out. And God-honoring? Yes. I think you had one out of James, too. Did you want to bring that one up right now? Yes. Um, i got to find it. Okay. Well, while you're finding that, let me share one that that really is so huge to me. Uh, It's one that, it's a famous passage. If you've been to a wedding a few times, more than likely you've heard this passage, but how powerfully important it is. Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, wanting their relationships to be better, wanting them to deal with some of the animosity that they're having, some of the harshness that they're sharing with each other. So Paul says, what's at the heart? If the two greatest commandments are love God and love others, well, how does love others play out? What does it look like? And so it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 4. He says this, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That is anti-rude, tactless, harsh. And you think about how practical that is of all these different aspects of love, of how how love gets carried out, and whether this is in our family, whether this is in our workplace, on the sidelines, in social media, uh, you know, love, if that is what our two greatest commandments are, love God, love others, how does that play out? Well, read this again and learn those different parts of what it looks like to love others. Such a powerful text, Randy. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the biggest part of love others, that, I mean, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we want to respond to God first loving us, how, do we, how does he say we do that? By loving others in the same way that Jesus loved us. And how did Jesus love us? But on the cross. Mm. He sacrificially gave up himself for the sake of others. So to do that means we're not going to be harsh. We're not going to be rude. We're not going to be tactless because that's not loving to others. Right. Yeah. So um, James uh, one nineteen. understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So there's so much in this where, I mean, it's, it's just truth. It is speaking truth. Um, so much of this, and it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you think about, put some thought into the response that you want to make when you're being confronted with rude, tactless, or harsh communications, it's saying... Take some time. Really think about it. Pause. Yes. Yes. And I find myself doing this a lot with just my children. Yeah. <laughs> it's necessary there. hmm Yeah. And I do it also uh, with my wife um, because I want to—my wife is number one besides Jesus, and so I want to respond to her as best I can. And are there moments where uh, Karen might be doing something, the heat of the moment, she might say something to me that— my manly, selfish nature wants to respond rudely, harshly. Yes, 
But so in those moments for me to do what you're saying, to be slow to anger, slow to retaliate, slow to allow my words to just come flowing out, to pause, man, it can make that relationship better. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt, because you think about, it's not just whether we should be rude or harsh or tactless, but for me sometimes it's the bigger thing is, how do I respond to somebody who's being that way to me? Because that's what James is saying here. Uh, when somebody is being that way to me, I can very easily be harsh back, to be rude back. Randy, you know what I mean? Yes, it's not loving, though. It's not. It's not. And, and, what, and again, going back to that Proverbs text, if I respond with a harsh word, what's it going to do even more? It's going to separate the, separate the relationships. Yeah. It's going to break down the relationships, make them worse, bring, bring more anger into it. So... When you have someone like that, if you, Randy, if you have someone, though, that is regularly tactless, rude, harsh, what is something else you can do with them, possibly, that can help that situation? Well, one of the first things that comes to my mind would be, you know, you, you know that ultimately you're going to have a conversation with the difficult person, right? So yeah. lean on God in prayer. Yeah. Ask. Ask for help. I love that because Jesus tells us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So that's to, to, for you to be willing to say, I need to pray for that person. Because again, what's their perspective? What is going on in their lives that's causing them to act as they're acting in that moment? We don't know that, maybe. Right. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But in that moment, to pray for them brings God into the equation. And then one of the things that I've learned to do, Randy, is maybe when things aren't as tense as they might have been in that moment, later on, to be able to have, to pull alongside of that person and have a conversation with them when things aren't as tense and help them to say, can I help you to see how your communication played out in that moment and how it might have hurt people in that moment. To have that conversation with them, because they might not have ever had someone to say, eh, you're not doing as good as you could, and you're hurting people in doing that. Mm -hmm. To be able to pull alongside of them and, and to love them by sharing that with them, how could you see that benefiting that relationship? Oh, I think that's, that's going to strengthen that relationship, right? Oh, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a teaching moment. It's a God moment. Yeah. What about if it's me, Randy? What do you have? You know, what do any of these scriptures tell me if I'm a person who has those moments wherever I might, as I think through my life, those moments where I've been harsh or tactless or rude? If I'm the one being that way, what is what's a good word for me to be able to change from that and allow God to do more? So, if it's me that's that's delivering this type of communication. You know, I, I feel like some time spent in prayer, asking God, please help me, help me to be able to understand different forms of communication or more effective ways to communicate. That's, I mean, that's what, uh, that's how I would handle it, right? Yeah. Something else, as we go back to my volleyball moments where I blew it in front of everybody, uh, something that I learned, I, I didn't like doing this, Randy, uh, is that I repented and I asked for forgiveness from all of those standing there uh, because I knew I was wrong. Uh, and do you ever like being wrong, Randy? No. <laughs> and yeah, and so it, it's as hard as that is to do for me to be willing to acknowledge that in that moment I was wrong and to ask for forgiveness. The next time I got into that scenario again, 
because of that humility that I had to share in that moment, how do you think it helped me the next time? Well, I'm sure that uh, because of the emotions that you felt during the humility process, you um, hopefully would have, it would help you um, be aware of just taking a moment and pausing. Yeah. And before, before just really thinking about um, your response before you just spewed it out of your mouth, right? Absolutely. And, and of course, it helped me in those relationships. Those relationships were mended. They were built back up instead of me breaking them apart and having people walk away from that moment thinking, what a jerk. Instead, they walked away saying, okay, he was a jerk for a moment, but he owned it and he was willing to ask for forgiveness. It mended that relationship. And so the next time uh, we might have been in those moments, we're all maybe thinking about it, but instead we live differently because they could learn from that as well. So, you know, for me, when I... I'm harsh with my kids if I own it, and if I ask for forgiveness with my kids, what, it's a teaching moment for me to be able to share with them, dad was wrong, and I should not act like that, I should not talk like that. It, it doesn't just help them to mend that relationship with me, but also hopefully helps them to live differently as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've had similar conversations, you know, not only with my kids, but also some of the people that I work with. Yeah. You know, sometimes... Uh, Work environments become stressful, and you may not be getting what it is that you're wanting in a timely fashion. Um, and so, you know, you'll you'll spew off at the mouth and maybe say things that uh, normally you wouldn't. So th- those are also good opportunities for you to go and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, Randy, this is a I think this is a huge one for us men. I think for all of us men, there are some maybe that don't struggle with this completely. But the thoughts of being rude and tactless and harsh in different ways at different times, depending on the emotions, depending on the scenario that we're in, uh, depending on the people that we're around, it, it can happen. And so for us to learn that you know, God's Spirit grows in us kindness and gentleness and love, man, that's how we want to be, and because that's going to build relationships. And, yes. and that's part of loving God and loving others. Well, Randy, I want to thank you. I think you shared a lot of great wisdom for the guys today, a lot of great honesty of the moments where both you and I have struggled with this area and how we can practically, but also from God's heart to our lives, how we can walk with God in these areas and make our lives better, our relationships better. Yes. Thank you for having me. Man, it was great being with you. And guys, as we've done for every podcast uh, for this season, I just want to share that prayer again. And I just pray it's continuing to that, that God is putting it on your heart so you can pray for it. Uh, pray this prayer as you're going into those situations where maybe you're struggling. Uh, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Guys, may you grow in Christ and uh, may you continue on that journey of becoming holy. Amen.